Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Two Faced Fake Snakes. This is the podcast from the little known Irish hip hop actor lineup. I'm Professor T, and with me, as always, today is my co host Toomey. Dr. Toomey, how are you doing today? Um, I'm grand. I'm glad you clarified that it was Dr. Toomey because I need that said now from now on. I know, sorry, it's in your contract. I guess. Uh, contract. That was the fourth yeah. attempt at the intro, so I wasn't going to do it again. Yeah, I was just, I wasn't concentrating on your question then. I was just kind of relieved that you got through the, uh, the intro there. It's Brand, a tongue okay. twister. It is. It's a fucking needlessly complicated, full of pitfalls, and uh, fucks me up more than one might realise. Um, okay, so this is episode 11, and this is coming towards the present day now, chronologically. Um, in the last couple of episodes, we discussed our um, recording sessions in Southampton, when you lived over there for a few years. Uh, we, were, we discussed... Uh, our first attempts at making beats and recording our own music from scratch. We discussed the Michael Dowd era, the dude. Um, um, and it kind of brought us up now towards, um, I'd say, about 2015. So in this episode, we are going to look at what happened when you moved back to Ireland. Uh, one major incident, no money missed. Uh, what happened when you moved back to Ireland uh, and how we continued um, when we were recording in my apartments uh, in various places on the north side of Dublin. North um, north okay, so we're, we're just going to bring you... And hold on. Uh, oh, sorry. There. Excuse me. <laughs> I have a couple of red herrings to throw at you before we get into it. Would that be all right? Yeah, go ahead. The first red herring is, what the hell is it going to be like reflecting on things that happened recently? So there's like... It, so far in the, the podcast, we've been looking back on things that have happened like five years, ten years ago, and we're sort of... But now we're going to be looking back on things that happened like six months ago or a yeah, year ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't know if reflection really caters for uh, things that happened six months ago. I'm not sure if it counts as reflection or it's just <laughs> yeah. memory, <laughs> recent yeah. memory. Um, Last week. Yeah, so it'll, it's definitely new uh, for me anyway. And the second red herring, because this could be my new thing, the, the red herrings that we do at the start of each podcast. Um, okay, <clears> yeah, go on. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> you are. I'm enjoying the Tell. knowledge of knowing that I'm going to say something that you don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> you know the way people do that when they have some sort of secret over someone. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And Pricks, they milk it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> the other one is to understand what it's like to actually talk to each other in between podcasts and start rating our performance on podcasts and I think this is a bit different to like rating a song or something because what you're actually doing is you're rating a conversation that you had (laughs) yeah that's true it's kind Uh, of weird isn't it yeah I suppose oh it's taking people behind the curtain but yes (laughs) so those my red herrings are over now so we can go ahead they they threw me slightly I have to say but um, I'm glad because it's usually me posing the questions and you having to come up struggling furiously to come up with the answers <laughs> and remain witty and interesting and engaging so uh, well done right, for flipping you. it you flipped it you flipped Flip. it on you Larry flip um, the script Okay, great. Welcome back. So, I think we should pick it up. Um, I was living in an apartment off the Navin Road there uh, a few years ago, um, up until between about 2013 to 2016. And when we came back, or when you came back, sorry, to Dublin, we 
recorded a couple of songs there and that was the first time we'd ever recorded anywhere uh, where I lived so I don't I can't remember specifically what songs we would have done initially but there's certainly uh, quite a few from that era that we started recording back in Dublin when you moved home yeah I think we wanted to continue on the buzz from Southampton and uh, you had or, or we sort of had figured out how to do music recording and you had the space in your apartment so there was no reason to kind of stop doing the lineup because I had moved home from Southampton. So we wanted to continue going with it. As we discussed in the last episode, or maybe the one before, where we were going down a path of writing about work and being dissatisfied with work and stuff like this. And I think um, that veered into kind of writing about more personal issues, things like anxiety, things like uh, lack of self-confidence, um looking inwardly at yourself and we did a lot of that type of uh, reflection in the songs we've done over the past two or three years would you agree yeah i definitely would agree and i think like as you get into your early 30s you sort of naturally start to self-reflect a bit more and you like you you tr- you're not trying to be cool anymore from that like those teenage years you start to accept your flaws and kind of you're more in tune i think in general with your emotions and I think that's reflected in the songs. For for example, Daggers, which I think, I, uh, you you your verse is really about anxiety. Uh, I would it say. is, uh, yeah, it's completely about anxiety, and it's related to um, specifically having severe anxiety after being out drinking for maybe three or four days in a row. And if I ever do that, like if I'm on a stag or at a wedding or something heavy like that, uh, the come down is always quite difficult, and I get all sorts of insane intrusive thoughts um can't really sleep have really horrible and unwelcome dreams uh and just start picturing all sorts of insane things like like daggers and (laughs) all sorts of things and it's just really really dark a lot of the time and it's just a symptom of alcohol withdrawal and uh i think I've, i've discussed this with other people and they've had similar experiences as well but i don't only get that when i'm going through alcohol withdrawal i get it other times as well a general bit of anxiety um, it can happen when you're stressed it can happen for no reason at all whatsoever and I try to articulate I think in that song the feeling when it becomes almost too much and when it's overwhelming yeah and you do it like I think that's one of your best verses you've ever done and I think you're talking about anxiety that that everybody is familiar with and everybody's experienced and in relation to drink maybe you're, you're talking about a sort of a extreme version of the fear where I think you said before to me that there were intrusive sort of thoughts and images in your head. And is that yeah. where the, the sort of the dagger image? Yeah. Comes so the, the last line is, uh, I think of barriers and hurdles of something, something of, of tragedy. I think of tragedy and murder daggers and their purpose. And I think, uh, what I'm saying is like, you, you think of all sorts of shit, like really, really quickly, like stabbing yourself or something like that. Hmm. And I'm not even embarrassed to say that now. I might've been a few years ago, but Mm. Those thoughts enter your head when you're at when you're, when you're at a low point or when you're going through particularly strong anxiety. Uh, things like that do cross your mind, and maybe even day to day for a lot of people, things like that cross their mind. I can't tell you the number of times I've been standing on the platform at the train station and thought, "What would happen if I just jumped in front of the train?" I don't yeah. have any intention of doing it, but sometimes when you're going through a period of anxiety, those thoughts, for me anyway, would occur more frequently um, mm. and more vividly uh, and it's hard to shake them off and I think that song is it's about 
having a discussion with yourself about anxiety and even the opening line as well i have a contradictory relationship with praise that's completely true it's been true my whole life uh i love praise but i also can't handle when somebody actually praises me uh mm-hmm. i think they're either lying or they're blowing smoke <laughs> up my ass or they're doing it for some underhanded reason but then i crave it at the same time and it's 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 so contradictory and it's so um like it's it's a constant battle like this need for um somebody to qualify me and then at the same time not believing it when they do and that's those are the type of cross, cross, thoughts sorry that race through my mind anyway when i'm going through a period of anxiety it's all those things uh all of the like why am i like this and even though i am like this i know that it doesn't even make any sense yet i'm still like it hmm. that type of stuff and i think like the way you speak about there is so open and so insightful into it and i think everybody could identify with that i'm pretty sure everybody's had those types of thoughts and just quickly on the praise thing i think everyone can relate to that there's something about being praised where they're saying that's great and your, your ego goes up it inflates your ego but then you're put up on a pedestal and then when you're on the pedestal then you feel like people want to knock you down yeah or, absolutely because i think that's and, what people do in general do and it's like um the father ted episode where like dougal has an idea and ted tells him it's a brilliant idea and he's like looking for more and he's like I didn't realise you had to follow up one good idea with another good idea and another good idea and when people do praise you're like what the fuck have I done it's like the repo man analogy again you're like I was I was happy enough hanging around in the background and all of a sudden now I've gone and put myself out there and been praised as being good at something so now I've set a standard for myself that I have to adhere to now as the norm and then that's when that's when anxiety can kick in again because yeah. you start to think fuck what have I done now I've, I've, I've put myself in this position and now they expect this from me all the time and it's just a it can become a whirlwind of uh, thoughts this is a huge um, departure from the likes of Drink Ballad and even Make It Happen, where we're writing about rapping or we're writing about going out drinking. But this type of writing is something that I'm far more comfortable with, to be perfectly honest. Uh, even though it's close to the bone and it's examining things that aren't necessarily topics for everyday conversation, um, I prefer I prefer to write things that are meaningful to me. And it's it's a it's a cathartic release for me to be able to write something like Daggers where I'm exploring the idea that I have anxiety and opening up about it. And maybe even not in a necessarily hugely obvious way to somebody else who might be listening to it, but it's like a diary entry for me. It's far, it's far, far more interesting to me anyway, like like you said, than, than those songs about drinking and stuff. Like drinking, like it's good to have that fun side in our songs as well. Yeah. But this is kind of, this, this, these are feelings that are really on a lot of people's minds these days um, with this kind of stress in society in general. And it's just, it's really interesting to, to talk about that uh, through your music. And it really coincided with, I think our friendship has gone more in that direction in the last couple of years because we made the conscious effort in our group of friends to talk more about feelings. And I know myself and yourself anyway have and yeah. I think that's a relief from my point of view to be able to open up to each other like that yeah definitely and it's like there shouldn't be any embarrassment about it I mean this is all over the media nowadays and people are encouraged actively especially men to discuss their feelings and things like that um, but it is yeah we have made strides towards in our group of friends being more open about things like this and it's o- it's only a positive thing definitely yeah I think and I think the the song Daggers really helped us to, to focus on that and to 
to bring up the conversation. And I suppose my just to to mention my verse that goes with it, it's it's not necessarily about anxiety, but it sort of it touches uh, on self doubt and things like that and relationships again. Yeah. <laughs> sort of to do with my girlfriend Liz and having a sort of a contradictory relationship with her um at the time because we were friends for a long period of time so we went out for like five or six years and then we're friends for seven or eight years as you do and then we got back together so it was kind of like it was written during that middle period and sort of it's kind of about like the sort of regret and mixed feelings of of that middle period of time so it was a kind of when you put both of our verses together it actually became quite uh, a kind of emotionally meaningful song I crave and disdain it In equal ways I try to excavate the warmth from a stranger's gaze Trading certain tomorrows for potential todays I always predict what others are thinking Quicksand that my making in which I am sinking Doubting, regretting, escaping while drinking Then waking and sweating, no sleeping, no blinking And second guessing is a hobby of mine An unhelpful task for which I'll always find time At the uncertainty Olympics I'll be first in line I get life in prison of overthinking a crime But this is it, this is me, this is what I've always been Twas always thus and always thus will be My insecurities are a comfort to me Clearly defining what I'll never be Who are you? Where do you come from? What are you doing with your life? You must account for yourself And explain yourself To me and those like me I have a contradictory relationship with you And I can be predictive, particularly it's true That sometimes I don't know what to do And I don't even know what to write and soon I'm asleep while I can chew another 9 to 5 While we keep talking to this mind of mine Cynical Minimalistic, pessimistic I think I missed it, the both the point I can risk it, but I think I'll play it safe And I've kissed it, your face, it's a waste of time to regret But the places that we went to I can't forget And I bet my bottom daughter that you feel the same But we can't go back and it's such a shame That I came to pass and I don't blame you Where the winds have changed Who are you? Where do you come from? What are you?
So we have uh, a selection of stuff here that I can't really remember the chronology of now whatsoever. There's a song called The Fan, uh, Genesis, um, and then we have Father Time as well, uh, and Home, uh, which was another one we did. Um, so I don't really remember the chronology of these, but to continue the discussion from just a few minutes ago, they were all about something personal. They're all about something uh, more like with more substance to it than the songs we might have written in in the earlier years and we continued along the same vein of the song daggers um in any of the songs we did after afterwards i think yeah and i think one that stands out 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 of that list is the song called the fan and that is one of the most autobiographical what is it autobiographical uh, autobiographical yeah. yeah uh songs that we wrote about ourselves um it's about uh like showing music to people really and there being no buzz <laughs> yeah. and uh, my verse is from the perspective of showing music to people and people not caring and then towards the end of the verse trying to motivate them again to to get back in line and, and care and think we're great and i think your verse is about something different all right yeah now my verse was about the perspective of the fan saying that we loved you we loved your music and then you went off on a tangent and you recorded a pile of crap and uh we really liked you, but you never made it available for us to listen to in any tangible way. And we were interested. We did support you, but you went off on your own and you never you never really did anything. So how could we possibly be fans when you made it impossible to be? Yeah, and I think that was a coherent song. And we both did 32 bar verses on that song, which is usually we do 16. Uh, so we we went on long verses and at the time I don't think we rated the song that that highly but I think on repeated listening it's actually not too bad um, and at the end uh, we left the recording on where it's just us laughing in the studio recording and we yeah, did stuck kind of by skit. you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that kind of captured what it's been like in the studio making songs even the more recent songs that in the content is more serious it's always been a laugh uh, uh, recording them. What's it all worth? What's it all for? Another metaphor. I guess I want more. While you snore and sleep on the words that I speak. Well, it's more than just beats. I accept defeat. Because you don't care about the things that I write. And you don't care what I bring to the fight. And I might take a break for the sake of my sanity. While two-faced fake snakes dwell in humanity. Carry me away from this noise. Let's go back to the days we were boys. When dreams were separate from reality. When you believed in me. Slightly even I'm leaving this place of feeling disgrace Now I'm looking to the future time for me to take my chances when they come So give me another one, forgive me, I'm going off on another one It's a sign of the times that I sigh in my rhymes But you don't give a shit so why should I? Still I try to bear my soul, I guess it's true I'm scared of getting old and I know that the clock tick tocks This is not rock, this is hip hop And I know you don't like this genre of music Any excuse you can use it, abuse it or lose it Leave it in the past, come with me, and we can kick ass I'm sick of trying to be top of the class I'm impromptu and crass, like dirty jokes of mass I'm asking you to give it a go Sick of sitting alone, not home, on the microphone Like an home, the room and I might disown And pen of doom and the comfort zone Let's shoot from the hip, I have a hip holster And I can upholster a whole set of furniture Which appraise from the glory days But what I have to say today is met with malaise Seems like ages since we walked the boards of Amadorans and addressed 
past the hordes of adoring fans We were forming plans, outperforming bands Yes, we stuck it to the man, left it in God's hands But God doesn't exist, how could we have been so stupid to risk? We only had one laurel, but we rested on it And we expected you to keep up with this shit How could you? We made it impossible You continued fandom was highly improbable So many false starts, it was fucking intolerable But in the glory days, we were unfollowable But we loved you we loved your songs, and every time you brought it, we came along, we sang along, we chanted along, we were strong, and we hoped that the light would forever shine on, but then you disappeared, and you were gone in the distance, I guess so long, but behind closed doors, your songs lived on, on an iPod playlist at the crack of dawn, but then nothing, no sign of life, you left us in the dark, in the cold outside, we flew the flag, but you shriveled up and died, so we had no other choice but to move on with our lives, and where were you, what did you provide, so ill advice out, Besides, get your shit together and we'll give you a time Write another fucking motherfucking line of rhyme By you, you should do something cause I stuck by you By you But you should do something because I stuck by you. Yeah. Okay. I stuck, yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Why don't you care? <laughs> Sorry, do the next one. No, keep going. This is the chorus. Now we put this in and skitter some shite. Yeah. Alright, just keep it going. Keep it going, you know? Alright. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, we don't need to do a number with the computer. Oh, we just keep doing Oh, this. yeah. That's <laughs> where like, got this. We're going over there every time. <laughs> <Weird. laughs> yeah, alright, okay, I get what you're saying now. Uh, nice. That's the same with that, you don't have to restart that either. <laughs> Alright. Why don't you care? <laughs> Alright, okay. I keep uh, we're starting this. I, I need a, I need my place. Alright, All right, okay. <laughs> Why don't you care? I was always there I don't understand You never had a plan So what should I do? Look, it's up to you But you should do something Cause I stuck by you Why don't you care? I was always there I don't understand You never had a plan So what should I do? Look, it's up to you But you should do something Cause I stuck by you Why don't you care? I was always there I don't understand You never had a plan So what should I do? Look, it's up to you But you should do something Cause I stuck by you Why don't you care? I was always there I don't Understand. You never had a plan So what should I do? Look, it's up to you But you should do something Cause I stuck by you Yeah Is that right? I'd say that's good Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we should leave in some of the skips Keep on the whole thing The whole skip track That kind of leads us up to the very recent present past, the very recent past, sorry, <laughs> which was one of our, sec I think the second most recent song we did, which is Father Time, which is one of my favourites, uh, probably my favourite up there with with, with the um, reality check from the dude era of songs we've done. And that was probably your best ever beat, dare I say it? 
what's weird about this is that maybe people can tell by the way we're talking about this songs is that things were fizzling out a bit we weren't happy with the music um, we were starting to write uh, verses about different subject matter um, and this was I was making this beat and I was like oh here's another one here's yeah. another shite <laughs> I lost confidence <laughs> myself and I was like okay I'll, I'll show trainer that and I nearly like deleted it I nearly wasn't going to bother showing it to you because I wasn't yeah. happy with the beat and how it sounded but then I think you really liked the beat I fucking loved it and it inspired me to write an entire song on the spot actually and that hasn't happened to me too many times in my life but I wrote uh, I wrote verses and I wrote a chorus and I wrote two verses and the chorus then and there on the spot and it was all singing as well so uh, there was no rap involved in it but I wrote the quite the high pitched kind of falsetto sounding chorus um, which opens the song as well and then I wrote uh, the verses in a kind of singing um, fashion but in a kind of a deep huskier kind of voice than I would normally sing in and I think it works really well in the song actually yeah and I think the the beat maybe inspired you because it actually was quite a haunting beat kind of heavy yes. beat like it's a, exactly what it is kind of organ sound at the start uh, and I just came up with that hook out of nowhere like it's it was it was brilliant. It's a very emotive song. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time, sorry, it bears uh, mentioning that I was reading a book by Robert Webb, How Not to Be a Boy, and it was about uh, societal expectations on men and how, it is, how they're supposed to act and how they're supposed to be, um, and how that's bad for males because when they have so much pressure from society telling them they're not supposed to show emotion, they're not supposed to cry, they're not supposed to be girly, they're not supposed to be homosexual, they're not supposed to be interested in anything artsy, uh, they get uh, angry. And that's what he was writing about in his book. He expresses anger. Um, he, I only knew how to express himself through anger. And because of that, he has lots of psychological problems, lots of anxiety, stuff like that. But he's dealing with it now. Uh, as an adult but uh, I, I started writing about um, my own issues like that and also uh, just generally authority figures in my life uh, from when I was younger and how they're how how I'm not intimidated by the same types of people anymore as an adult and I feel more comfortable being myself but the scars of those ne- negative influences from those authority figures are still present yeah those authority figures keeping you down as a young man growing up and stepping out of that the shadow of those authority figures and kind of saying this is who i am like flaws and all maybe i'm not what you wanted me to be like but this is who i am and i'm not afraid of expressing myself exactly and i was thinking particularly of i find it hard sometimes in my life to let things go when i feel like i've been wronged in the past so i'll often be sitting there on an afternoon and start thinking about a teacher who i didn't particularly like who i felt was an arsehole to me when I was younger and I find it hard to let go of those things so this song is getting all like it's like uh, Father Ted Crilly settling all the old scores <laughs> in his speech <laughs> but I'm just not naming any names <laughs> but they're I all in there remember you After every single one of them <laughs> yeah that was great and I think what's funny about this song is it's one of the few songs that we showed to people that we did get like good feedback and you could tell that the people who took the time to listen to it <laughs> she wasn't by this stage people weren't even listening to our songs by the way when we, no, when we no. showed them but <laughs> no, no reaction at all half the time. <laughs> but the people who did give feedback on this who'd listened to it really got it and uh, yeah. that meant a lot that the people this one means it the most to me probably as well I think it's like 
I think it's probably our best song. I think it it really suits the song when your rap verse comes in, but it comes in where you're not expecting it. So there's already been a singing chorus, which is the start of the song. Then there are singing verses. Then it goes back to a singing chorus, and then eventually your rap verse comes in. But it's the com- combination of all of those different vocal approaches in the song work really well. Mm, I sort of put in my ver- my rapping verse where the bridge of a song would sort of rough yeah it's like a rap come. bridge yeah yeah and the, the music changes from my verse and i think the contrast goes really well but that song is really satisfying to perform live because it's got so many different components to it definitely is yeah i really enjoyed doing it but it's really really difficult to sing so i painted myself into a corner with that one but uh, <laughs> I, I, not the verse the verses are fine it's just the uh the chorus is really difficult it's a challenge tough shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so definitely one of our better songs, and I think at this point we need to play Father Time in full, so here it is. Well, I'm a person now Not just a child, you'll see And you say, don't tell me what I said yesterday And I say, well, it's time for me to speak I don't know what you think of me Strong. Well, I'm a person now, 
Okay, so that was Father Time. Um, and to close off this episode, when we were going through the events that happened there chronologically, one thing we skipped by, uh, which was quite significant actually at the time, was we decided to make our grand return to the stage after what must have been about eight years um, for our joint 30th birthday party in November 2015. Yeah, and I think we we had no intention really of doing gigs again we because we don't plan to do anything we don't make no. any effort um <laughs> and the music side of things we were making some good songs and some mediocre songs it was sort of beginning to fizzle out so part maybe part of the thinking behind a 30 it was okay it's a big life event and let's um kind of mark that some way and what a better way to mark it uh, a joint 30th birthday because we our birthdays are close to each other um so why don't we mark that by doing the lineup for for old time's sake. Yeah, that's exactly the reasons behind it. And um, we decided to just do a kind of greatest hits uh, playlist or, or set list of all of the songs we've done in the past. We brought back loads of songs from uh, Cameras Action Doom and Snakes and Ladders. And it was really enjoyable to put all that together and to decide which songs we were going to play and which which to include and which to exclude. Um, and it and was, this, was, this was in Foley's in town. Yeah, Foley's on Marion Row, um, and we rented the upstairs, and we actually even got Stephen Bonner, Deep Reasoning, to play as well, and another one of the lads from school, Paul Curran. Uh, so we put on a kind of a, a night of entertainment for people. Yeah, and I think this was like, the subtext to it was, this is probably going to be our last ever gig. It was our first ever gig for, for eight years, and we were doing it in front of all our friends and family, like family of different ages. Um, so it was a nice big crowd there. Yeah, it was the first time my parents actually went to a gig as well. <laughs> I think <laughs> my parents were scarred for life afterwards, I think. I don't think they knew what to make of it. I think to them it was just so shouting. <laughs> yeah. I think my 77-year-old father was definitely scarred for life as well. <laughs> at the time, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My mum enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, I think we, we, go back to us, uh, we really enjoyed it. We had the waistcoats More on. More importantly, us. Yeah, us. And we had the T-shirts on. We had, if you're doing it, just stop it t-shirts referring to lines from two-faced fake snakes although uh reads of nassau street made it balls of printing them and we've had pretty bad luck with t-shirt printing places in the past actually yeah we have uh they made it balls of it and then they weren't able to fix it in time so i ended up getting a partial refund i think but uh yeah very unsatisfactory service from reads of nassau street um but I think, yeah, it was meant to be our last gig, but we got such a nice reaction from our friends and family that maybe that went to our heads and we decided we're not quite finished yet. Um, but then again... But still, it took about two years for us to do anything else. Yeah, I was going to say we didn't actually decide that because we didn't do anything after that. We never do anything ourselves. Well, we'll come to that in the next episode. Uh, but what we did remember, what I do remember, and I think we both remember, is how much enjoyment it was belting out all those old songs again for the first time in eight years yeah it was absolutely brilliant really enjoyed uh, every second of it and the videos that uh, uh, surfaced from the night you can see how much we were enjoying it and one thing actually we did in advance of this gig to promote it and you, you may have forgotten about this yourself but we put quite a lot of effort into it because I was reading over some old emails in work the other day we put together an interview 
Bert, where Bertie Reeves interviews the lineup in advance of the gig. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I saw the script there somewhere the other day when I was moving around things in my house. Yeah, we put together an interview and it was actually quite a quite a lot of effort put into it, but it was just included on the Facebook event page and I don't think anyone really noticed it. No one really commented on it. But uh, there were so many emails back and forth between us. Uh, in my work email account I was looking at it there the other day. Loads of emails going back and forth about what to include and what not to include and drafts and final versions and redrafts of the final version for something that just kind of went uh, unnoticed so when we get around to uh, posting up this episode i'll attempt to post a link of the interview that we did with bernie reeves on the lineup because actually it's quite funny and it's it's worth seeing uh, worth reading again oh brilliant okay um so i think that wraps up this episode nicely and absolutely in the next episode we are going to pick it up from uh, about 2017 up to the present day uh, and we will mention gigs we did in the international and uh one of the songs we wrote there recently as well um which would have been the last song we've done up until this point so that's all from us for episode 11 we'll see you next time see you next time take care bye-bye